When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This episode of Bullshit Breakaway is brought to you by The Athletic. I know what you're thinking, aren't you? On The Athletic already? Yes, but right now you can get 40% off on The Athletic. If you just go to theathletic.com slash BSB. That's all lowercase, by the way. The Athletic is returning. We're celebrating that sports are back. Rangers are back this week. I'm pumped. You're pumped. If you want to read... You know, anything from Rick Carpinello, from Shayna Goldman, or any of the beat writers, Sarah Sivian, who's covering the Canes, you can go to theathletic.com right now, slash BSB, all lowercase, you get 40% off your annual subscription. It pretty much comes out to $3 a month, which is a cup of coffee. This is this is hardly an ad read, it's me just straight talking to you. So, sign up for The Athletic today, we do great work here. Um, obviously, we put out a million podcasts between Greg, I, and every other podcast on the network. Great content for... The NHL return season, great great coverage of every other sport. Anything that's playing right now, anything that's not playing. Actually, I, I read an amazing article today that was the uh, QB tier rankings for the NFL. I had a lot of feelings about them. So, uh, go to theathletic.com slash BSB underscore today. Sign up. Less than a cup of coffee. $3 a month. Do it. All right. Uh, great show today. Rick Carpinello, our good man, our good friend. Talks a lot of good Rangers with us. And uh, let's get to the show. Here we go. Hi everybody, it's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Welcome to the week of the Bushwick Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead of The Athletic. I'm also here with my co-host, also of The Athletic, Greg Kaplan. Greg Kaplan, say hello. No, I don't want to. All right, cool. We have Rick Carpinello today. Banging podcast. 50 hard minutes with Rick. Well, that was a little uh-huh. weird. Okay, let's try this, let's try this again. <laughs> a great mutual conversation with our good friend, Rick, that's very educational if you're a New York Rangers fan. Coming up soon. But now, a part where me and Greg open the show. That was good, right? Good mm-hmm. hosting. Okay. That was better. That was better. You're improving. I'm getting there. Almost five years in, and you're starting to get a hang of it. Finally. I can't wait for our five-year anniversary. It's coming right around the corner. Um, We've done it. We've gotten to the bubble. Zero positive tests. The NHL is not baseball. Great news. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I have to tell you, this morning with baseball, not fun. Not fun. Um, Tough. Tough look. Still kind of curious as to what is going to happen. Feels like the commissioner should resign. But we are not a baseball <laughs> podcast. Uh, sometimes well, my we are. favorite. Did you see? Did you see? I, you might not have seen it because it came out like just as we were starting to record. Okay. Manfred had the line that um, baseball would not consider a pause or a shutdown until the tests impacted the on-field product for a major league team. <laughs> I spit which up I, because it's the Marlins. <laughs> right. 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 Like. Think about it for a second. The Marlins 
from what we know mm-hmm. going into yesterday's game, when we only knew that four guys had tested positive, they still lost their Sunday starting pitcher, their regular starting catcher, their traditional first baseman, and their starting right fielder. And no big deal. <laughs> like those are the four that we knew. Any other team, if it wasn't the Marlins, those would be four significant things. But because it's the Marlins, they're just like, eh, what's the difference? It's, yeah, it's no, the Marlins and the Orioles, yeah, we're cool to cancel. No one was watching. We're good. Hey, that was a matchup of first place teams that got canceled today. Oh, <laughs> thank you for your service, Greg. Great journalism. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Look, if the season, I, I did. I think every Met fan felt the exact same way I did when the talk came out this morning that the season might be canceled. Because Good. us Met fans, we did it all in the first three games. <laughs> we, we we covered the entire season those first. You three got games. it all. Oh, Jacob Trump still masterful, and the Mets can't score for him. Check. Uh, uh, the Mets win a nail biter. Check. Edwin Diaz blows a save that I don't even think was his fault, and now we have to have awkward conversations about how much of a fault it is for Edwin Diaz. Check. Oh, we hate the new overtime, the new um, extra inning rules. Check. Oh, we got destroyed by the Braves on Sunday Night Baseball. Check. That's the entire season. We're good. We don't need it anymore. We've done it all. We, we, every Met fan lived an entire season this weekend. We're fine. You can do whatever you want henceforth. All right. The Rangers play hockey this week, so that's what we're going to do now. What? Uh- I know. It's Whitney week, Ryan. They are <laughs> great news. Great news. I'm so excited to tell you this. No. Are you ready? Yes. The the uh the Whitney oh, field, they do mind. their draw for the post on Wednesday. So the BSBOT this week can just be me talking about that. Okay, that's good. And draw from the post is when they, they take uh the ponies off of where they're staying, right? And then they take them for a walk. No. Okay. It's when it's okay. when we decide where they line up at the starting gate. Interesting. It's a load. It's a loaded field this year, Ryan. I think I, I, your boy Tom's Day, your boy Tom's Day Todd. I think he's going to be the favorite. All right. We did we do have fifty hardcore minutes of Raiders talk coming up with Rick Carpinello. Is where there, I also ask Rick questions about the Whitney. You are correct. At the end, yes. Um, Rick does a great job. I think we learned some stuff from Rick this week. I thought it was pretty interesting. Not that we don't learn from him every time he's on, but it was good to get actual Ranger news. We've gotten to the bubble. The Rangers play the Islanders on Wednesday night. Um, we'll be doing the OT for game six and seven, so you won't hear our reaction. But next week, or maybe we'll do something. I don't know. Who knows? Next week will be the first time we've had Blue Shirts breakaway with actual Rangers hockey. There will be a game on Saturday at noon and a game on Monday at noon, and we will be recording that night live after, live after the game. Um, Are we doing a show after the game on Saturday? I need to know this for my sobriety level. Um, I would say no. I want to, but I'm moving that day also. So I will be watching the game, and I took two hours off from moving to watch the game, but I have to move my entire apartment that day. So okay. I would say... I, I ask because I don't know if you've heard, but that is the Whitney day at Saratoga. Right, Whitney at Saratoga. I'm so sorry to interrupt that. Um, but... <laughs> I'm just, hey, look! Just I'm can't. just saying, if you're gonna make me, if you're gonna make right. me call in, you need to know what kind of Greg you're gonna get. Right. I, I kind of, I'm always ready for Greg. You know, I think I'm prepared. Ooh, get out. Ooh, get out. Uh, right. Uh, let's talk about you know how we used to watch. <laughs> was it fair? Was it foul? It Do you remember like when you used foul. to watch That's Monday funny. Night Football on when we would record? You would just sometimes narrate what was going on in Monday Night Football. No, I thought. Did I used to do Monday Night Football? Absolutely. I thought it was always with the Met game I would do it. No, we definitely did Monday Football for a lot of games. Oh, interesting, interesting, interesting. Um, Fair. I, maybe we should just get to five-store questions to get to Rick at this point. Right? Excuse you. What? Well, I, I gotta, I, I'll, I'll, ask, I'll ask a Ranger question. Oh, okay. Because I've, I've been thinking about this today. All right, I'm interested. Does it feel like a game week for you? It does for like, me. For okay. me, personally. For, for me, 
I, my body hasn't accepted the fact that this late July week, I'm about to watch Rangers hockey. I think I've been ramping up for a couple weeks now, getting ready. Like, the, the when baseball almost got canceled this morning, but then all after that, there was like zero positive tests going into the bubble. That's when I got even more excited. I was like, this kid think could work. Like, I, I have optimism, and I do think the Rangers can... I really think the Rangers could win the series. I think they can go pretty far. I think it's going to be fun to watch Kako, fun, fun to watch Heedle. I'm ready to watch Igor. But I'm also I'm also mentally ready to be destroyed as a human being, to know that the, the Carolina Hurricanes could sweep the New York Rangers. Do I think it's going to happen? No. But I think it's a pro, it's a probability, and I'm ready to be... I'm ready to be hurt, Gregory. That's all. I'm prepped. I will, I will say Saturday's Met game, it, w- it was the kind of Met game where, like, I was miserable about a sporting event. Oh, yes. And then you have that moment of realization where you're like, oh, my God, I'm miserable about a sporting event. How fun is that? I'm so happy. And then you're like, oh, no, I'm miserable. <laughs> what am I talking about? That, yeah. Like, I had that moment. And then in, in that moment, I was just like, oh, oh, this is going to happen with the Rangers next week, too. Oh, like, how fun. Like if how the Rangers go out on Monday and or, or at, rather even on Saturday and they let it's like five one after two periods, I will be pretty upset. You know, like I know I'll be pissed off. And I just but I know if they win, I'll be elated into a way that I haven't been I haven't felt in a very long time. It's just something I'm I need right now. So I'm hoping they win a couple games. Uh to and I hope Kako scores a game winner. That's for fucking sure. Um but we'll we'll see. I'm ready for game week. I'm pumped, dude. It's it's been a long time coming, and th- this is something that's important. This could be short. You could only have three games of New York Rangers hockey, so I'm going to enjoy the hell out of it because, again, we talk about this later, we do this podcast every week, and there's a chance starting from August to January, we won't have games again. So whatever the Rangers play, I'm going to enjoy the hell out of it, and you can't. no one can stop me, even COVID. Even COVID. COVID could probably stop me. It did a lot. It did stop COVID. me before. COVID could stop everything. Yeah, it stopped me before. It's it's done a number, um, but yeah, I think I you know we talk about Rick with the lines. We talk about Rick with training camp. We talk about pretty much everything. There's no particular outstanding question I have. Um, you know, I I did some like weird funky lineups today that'll never fucking happen on Twitter. That, that's about as fun, much fun as I had with the Rangers this week. I think it's gonna be chalk, just like Rick says, and we're gonna see what happens. I'm excited to see what happens with Brady Shea. I think that's an interesting storyline. And see if he lets up a goal and see how many score- goals he scores against the Rangers, which is a definitely uh, over under right now. 1.5 goals for Brady Shea. Um, because if I say 0.5, you're I mean, taking the over. He's scoring one. He's scoring one. Yeah, you're taking yeah. the over. I'll probably go under because I think he'll get his one and then that'll be that. Yeah, I agree. He's but, he's but it'll be it'll be like a massive one. The one's going to be like an overtime winner. Yeah, it'll count for sure. Yeah, so it's it's not going to be this this throwaway empty netter. It'll be something that is just soul crushing. I couldn't agree more. Let's do some oh, five. Did he get it? Get out! Get I think out! Got get it, out! Ryan. All right. Um, I, think, I think. Oh, he did. Oh, he did. Oh, he really did. Live live reactions to it. Michael Mets. Michael Conforto, baby. Two nothing Mets. Here we go. Unbelievable. We're off and running. Uh, welcome back to Blue Shirts Breakaway, number one of your greatest podcast. Um, let's do five five star questions and go get to Rick Carpinello. Um, here we go. So Mike from New Haven's back. It's summertime. It's a heat wave, and we're all bored. So if you had to put up a lineup of rotation guys. Uh, who played for both the Yankees and Mets? Who would you pick and why? This is a long question. A oh, lot rotation. Do guy? I have to go position by position? Because that's hard. That's a tough one. Can we come I back to this one next I week? Pro- I want to. I want to do this right if we're going to do it. Uh, no, because we always say we do that and then we don't do it. Mm-hmm. I think I can. I'm just trying to think. Uh, it's it's really 
not easy. I mean, you have to, I know Robin Ventura will play third. That's the easiest one of them all. Robinson Cano would play second because I don't think the Mets have ever gotten a good second baseman from the Yankees because we don't have one. Right. That's the thing. There haven't been great crossover players over the years because if a Met is good in his prime, he's not leaving the Mets. And if a Yankee's good in his prime, so he's not leaving the Yankees. Dave, it's always the role players that do weird things. Like David both the Yankees and the Mets had Kareem Garcia and Shane Spencer. Yep. Uh, there's a lot of Jose Vizcaino crossover for both teams. And I got to tell you, the Vizcaino on the Yankee stuff is fucking crushing. Uh, I mean, it's we can't do this without saying Daryl Strawberry and Doc Gooden, but the, the Yankee versions of both those guys weren't the Met versions of both those guys. Nope. Uh, shit, you got Yogi Berra as a manager of both teams. Uh, I think it's very interesting that Joe Torre played for the Mets and then managed the... I think Joe Torre did something weird where I think he might have been like a player manager with the Mets. And then he went on to manage the Yankees. Um, a lot of weird stuff. Yeah, that it's 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 interesting, but like outside of Al Leiter, there really isn't a D- guy David that Cohen? David had Cohen, good right? years on both teams. Didn't David what? Cohen have both? Who? David Cohen? Wasn't he a Met also? Oh yeah, yeah. He was great. He, he's probably the, he's probably the guy who was closest to his prime with both those teams. I agree. That's, he, that's it was the young, one that comes to my head. Yeah, it, he, it was young Cone with the Mets, and it was still prime Cone when he pitched like the perfecto with the Yankees. Yeah, agree. Um, next question from iPad Pilot. Long time, first time. You guys have talked about offer sheet scenarios with Barzal. Has anyone discussed what might happen if D'Angelo gets offer sheeted and if the Rangers would be able to match? <laughs> Who do you guys? Walks. That's what happened. Yeah, he walks. But he's also he's also not gonna get offer sheeted. No, he's not. He's not. An offer sheet doesn't really happen to the NHL, and if it does, gonna it's if it is gonna happen, it's gonna be for a player that is otherworldly, in my opinion. Also, can I don't know. The offer sheets are weird in the NHL. Can Tony D'Angelo receive an offer sheet? Interesting. I know he's a he's a restricted free agent. Hold on, I just put in the Google. Can Tony D'Angelo receive? All right. I'll, I'll, I'll keep reading the question here and a different one. Yeah, keep reading it. Uh, it's a different question. So, uh, what, oh, said, what do you guys think uh, would make be able to make the move and what kind of compensatory picks would come back? I really don't think he he might not be able to. Seriously. And no one would offer you Tony D'Angelo. And that's not a shot at Tony, in case you think it is. It's not. I just don't think it would ever happen. Um, next question for me. This one, I think. Hi, guys. Love the show. Keep up the great work. Ryan, I heard you talk on another podcast about the possibility of buying out Henrik Lundqvist on the end of the season. Can the Rangers even afford to buy out the way their salary issues? Especially if the cap is staying flat from the dead cap and the Shaddy's buyout jumping next year. Would it be better to trade Georgiev and use Hank as a backup to Igor or try to convince Hank to wave his no trade or try to convince him to wave his no trade card? Was wondering your thoughts. Yeah, we've talked about this a little bit, right? It kind of works out the money is the same um, if you either extend Georgiev or if you buy out Hank. And I, what, what I was sort of talking about on that podcast, I believe we're talking about Shell Squared, um, is um, really the money works out the same, and there's a chance that Henrik Lundqvist ends up being the backup next year. Backup next year, just like you said. We talk about this with Rick Carpinello later on, so please stay tuned and get, get his opinion. Uh, also, uh, I love what you guys are doing on the 94 rewatch. Would you ever consider rewatching the 2014 final? I started rewatching that series because I apparently like to torture myself, and I would love to hear your thoughts on the series. Thanks, Jake from CT. Thanks, Jake. I think eventually we'd do something like that. Not right now, but eventually, right? That's something on our plates. Uh, say it again. I'm sorry. I Dude, now that's... realize I meant to send our friend Vinny a text saying Conforto hit a home run. And I sent it to you, and I got really angry. Why'd you get angry? 
Because I sent it to you and not Vinny. Oh, okay. And I'm upset with myself. I'm sorry. I was also I was also neck deep in trying to find out. So D'Angelo and Lemieux could have gotten qualifying offers last year from someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I guess they can get them again. I I really don't know. But to answer that last question, uh, there's no team in the NHL that's going to offer Strom or D'Angelo anything. It's one because offer sheets don't happen, and two because with the flat cap, if you're going to offer sheet someone. You're going to do it on a franchise player. And as much as some people like D'Angelo and Strom, I don't think anyone would call them a franchise player. Uh, someone should offer seat Barzal. It should be the Devils. They're not going to do it because the NHL is a very dumb league. Now, what was the last question you asked me? Uh, if, we, if we would ever do a 2014 rewatch. I think eventually we will. Maybe 2014, 2015. We'll do a playoff run rewatch. I got to tell you, rewatches are easier when people enjoy rewatching them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's... It's tough to do a rewatch when it ends in a loss. I don't. Right. There aren't a whole lot of people that want to revisit miserable feelings. Yeah, 2014 uh, is a, not a good one. It's not. Yeah, it, it's like if someone asked me if I wanted to do a rewatch of the 2000 World Series, it wouldn't be my favorite thing in the world. I don't think I'd listen to a podcast talking about it. It it's a tough sell making people revisit something that doesn't end well for them. It's 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 not ideal. Uh, I understand a lot of good happened in the playoffs leading up to the Stanley Cup Final, but. I mean, I'd be kidding you if I really was looking for an excuse to watch those five Stanley Cup Finals games again. Yeah, I'm the same way. I think I think the next rewatch we do will be the Capitals series and the step on goal. That's my opinion. Um, all right, another another five star question from Tay Shiva. All right, so here's my five star question. All right, Ryan, I heard you on Chell Square talking about the music you like. Mad respect that you like metal slash post hardcore. I do, thank you. Been bumping Wage War, Polaris, Ghost Inside. What other bands do you listen to? And plus one, so Greg can answer. Um, if you were on a deserted island and you could only listen to five artists, who and what would they be? Question is for both of you. Greg, you're not a giant music guy. I know that for a fact. Would, would you consider me a music guy at all? No. You want to know? You want to know the songs I listened to? So I, I went to and I was in the in my car a lot this weekend. You want to know what songs I listened to this weekend? I do actually. On, I'm uh, kind of curious. All right, uh, let me run. Let me run down the playlist I listened to on YouTube. That has basically just become. The only playlist I listen to. And it's I think it's because I listened to like four of the songs and then YouTube just tried to guess other songs I would enjoy. And it did a good job of figuring out what songs I enjoy. So let me let me pull it up. It started with uh, Elton John, Crocodile Rock. Okay. Uh, we had a lot of Heart, uh, Dancing in the Moonlight, okay. uh, Gnarls Barkley, some Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, uh, Jackson 5, Guns N' Roses. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, just just about the entire soundtrack from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I got to tell you. Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack is all time, though. It's amazing. It's fire. It's fire. Yeah, it's but incredible. Everybody has a Taylor Swift opinion except me. I've <laughs> uh, the, the question at work was, have, have has anyone listened to the new Taylor Swift album? And I was like, I haven't listened to any Taylor Swift album. And it's not even knock on Taylor Swift. I just don't like music. I don't know what to tell you guys. Yeah, it's just not a thing for you. For me, uh, my no. top five bands on a deserted island. I think it's bands, not albums, right? Because I can do both. Uh, for me, brand new, even though they're canceled, they're my favorite band of all time. Arcade Fire, Neutral Milk Hotel, in the Airplane Over the Sea is one of my favorite albums of all time. Animal Collective, I enjoy their whole entire discography. And my boy Jeff Rosenstock is pu- always putting out Hot Fire, one of the best live shows I've ever seen. Uh, none of those are post-hardcore. My apologies, but I do love me some post-hardcore. All right. Um, last question, I believe. Five-star question. Hey, guys. Andrew from Long Island here. Keep up the great work of the pod. Every championship team seems to have that one dark horse player who emerges in the playoffs to support their top guys. If the Rangers were going to go on the top run, who do you think that player could be for us? I know you've spoken some, about some of the team's depth, but if you had one, who would you bet on? 
Is my answer is Ryan Strom. It's an interesting question. Um, um, he does plug his Twitter, and I'm going to give it to him because it's the first time anyone's ever put their Twitter poll in a five star question. And he says, NYR fans, follow me on Twitter at Andrew Tukey, T O C C I, to talk more Rangers. There you go. How much you want to bet that's like Pachi? Sure, sure. He knows what he was getting into. I just remembered that you, I, in the chat we have with our producer it's coming a list it's of coming athletic podcasts that uh, you have to naturally you want to do, do it now before we answer Tushi's question yeah because i want to hear you try and say anything that was in that sentence so the five star uh review session is is now uh, every week we have a sponsor the, we have two sponsors this week and i'll give it the first one it's our enemy and rival craig Custance on the full 60 he has features over 20 different athletic beat writers previewing the 2014 nhl playoffs uh everyone's on it go check it out He's our absolute rival. Let him know that we hate him at Blue Shirts Break at Ryan Mead and that we are his rivals. Okay, cool. This next one I cannot read, and I have it here from our producer, Danielle. Shout out to Danielle. It says Thomas Ple- P- Pie. First of all, that's the name you should know because he played in the NHL, Ryan. Thomas Placanic. That's an easy one. Yeah, Pi- that one was the Pi- that was Can- the one I thought you were gonna get. Choice Arpan Bazu and Mark Antoni Goudin on Lee Support Atlantique. Posts on Friday. How'd I do? You're, you're awful. Yeah. Oh, I, I I feel like I need to write an email to Arpan and just apologize and be like, I am so sorry. I I did this knowing the outcome, and even I'm disgusted with the outcome. Yeah, I didn't prep for that. I, I thought it would be better. Um, all right. You, I just your your inability to say anything French. I have uh, dyslexia, and I am not French. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> as, if, as if one would make up for the other uh who do i think the dark horse would be if there was a dark horse i, I mean the beauty of the dark horse is you never know who it is until it happens uh if, a la if, I, if i've daniel murphy anything, leading up to the 2015 world series if i've learned anything from watching this rewatching this 94 rewatch it's that greg mckeg can score an overtime goal that really matters <laughs> i was gonna say if the rangers go on a long run here something weird is gonna have to happen like they're going to have to start playing manageable defense, which makes me think that Jacob Truba is the logical dark horse guy. Not that Jacob Truba doesn't have the ability to do it. It's just that if the Rangers really want to go on a run, they need Jacob Truba to do it right now. So he would be where my money is most heavily invested. If I had to go forward, I'd probably just put it all on Heedle because I think everyone else doesn't will not have the opportunity that Filipino will have to make a significant impact in this series. I'm with you. I th- I'm going to go Greg McKay. I just think, Hey, it, it could be anybody. And it, it was, it was Stefan Mateau. <laughs> and well, it sounds like it could be anybody. could be anybody. That's it. All right. Want to get to our, our good friend, Rick Carpinello, and then we'll uh, end the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. All right. Uh, transition. Hey, are you looking to advertise with The Athletic? Well, good news. You could do that. Theathletic.com slash podcast ads. You can actually have your company or your business sponsor this podcast. And not just this podcast, but any athletic podcast. Go to theathletic.com slash podcast. Our listeners here are loyal and engaged just like you. And what better way to advertise your business than on your favorite podcasts or anywhere on The Athletic? So go to theathletic.com slash podcast today. Podcast ads. I'm sorry. And you can go ahead and advertise on this podcast, on Blueshirt's Breakaway. You could be a sponsor. Reach out. Back to the show. Hey, and we're back with our coworker and good best friend, Rick Carpinello of The Athletic, where you can get 40% off your subscription fee if you sign up today. That was a nice natural plug, Rick. Rick, say hello. 
Hello. I, I, you know, I don't know if I like better coworker or friend. I think, I think what matters is Rick, you were friends first. You know what I mean? We were friends first. We go way back. Way back. <laughs> hey, 2018. We've been, um, I wanted to ask you about this and maybe one time, uh, or if you're free in a couple weeks, we've been doing the 94 series rewatch. You should, if yep. you, if you're free, you should come on for the game seven of Vancouver. Cause I have a lot of questions for you. Cause I'm assuming you, you know, have some experience covering that series. I was there. <laughs> yeah, I know. Rick. <laughs> I remember some of it. I remember a little of, I remember, you know, you know, it was really weird too. Like, Remember that that show? Uh, what the heck was it? The, it was a doc about that about the playoffs, about that whole season. It was really well done. What and like the Road documentary? To Road, Road to victory. Road to victory. It was called. Okay. And you guys have not seen that? I have not seen it. Oh my god! You have to watch that. We're doing re- we're doing uh, reworks right now, so we'll watch that. We'll do another episode. We got plenty of episodes to fill here, Rick. Like, yeah, but <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, so it's a really that's a really good doc. So anyway. They they asked me to come on and, and do do some spots on that and uh, I had to go into the city I had to go way downtown and um, you know no money zero money and I had to go down there and uh, on my own on my own dime and I get in there I'm dressed up I'm hot and they start asking me stupid questions about stuff that happened that season that I barely remembered <laughs> I, I thought I, I had all these notes planned I was going to talk about Keenan freaking out during during the devil series and all these great anecdotes, but they had, they also had Brian Leach and Mike Richter and Eddie mm-hmm. Olchek and all these guys on who handled those things pretty well. So, you know, I, w- I didn't even have a part because they're asking me, remember that Islanders game in October? I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> No, but the uh, Devil Ricky, Series was pretty good. Yeah, go on, Greg. Yeah, the Devil Series was pretty memorable. Well, I just anyway. before we jump before we jump into modern day Rangers, um, yep. I'm, I'm very curious about this because Ryan and I have come out. It's it's. I know we've just we've only at this point watched the seven Devils games and the first four games against the Canucks, and I gotta tell you, I yeah. hate Mike Keenan. <laughs> I, I, yeah. How'd you, how'd you do it? Did you what? Well, what 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 what's up with this guy? What the hell's going on here? Well, first of all, he, I mean, he's he's nuts, and he's um, he he plays, you know, psychologist, you know, all the time. He he took psychology classes in college, and he thinks he's an expert at that. I, I will say this: I, I think I might have told you guys this. He was great to cover, and I told him that. I, mean, I did an interview with him, uh, catching up story, a couple about a month ago, and. Uh, he was great to deal with because a there was a story every day. He was not. It was like covering torts too. There was nothing. There was never a quiet day. Um, even days when he said two two words, that was your story. And he was always available. He was always willing to talk. Um, whether he was always honest or not, we don't know. But he but he was always on the record. So um, the first time he went off the record was. During, it was after Game Four of the Devil Series, so that you know that's a pretty good long way to go on the record, and he was a treat to cover for those reasons. And he wasn't like mean to us, or you know he never cursed us or shut us out or anything. He was always available, so he was a pleasure to cover in that regard. Um, and he, and it was and he was always great copy. But um, you know, was he my favorite coach? No, he was my favorite coach ever. But he was but he was you know right up there in terms of covering for that season. Uh, I do believe he nearly sabotaged that cup run several times. <laughs> yes, several times, like not you know not once. And um, and I think you know the game four, game five, game four. 
when he had already pulled Richter and benched Leach and uh, Healy's in the game and they're down, I believe, two with under a minute left and he doesn't pull his goalie and they all think that he quit on them at that point. That, you know, I think that was disgraceful. And I think also by then, Neil Smith had had it with him. But when he did that, that was the end. Um, there was no way they were going to work together another year. Um, yeah, so. I, if the there was there have been a, so many things, but one of them was when he replaced Richter in the first period with the score being two nothing, despite Richter not doing anything wrong, right. and also benched half the team for that game. But it's also right. the stuff. Kovalev was the team's best player in Game Six. And he put him on Messier's line to start that game. So how does he start game seven? By taking Kovalev off of Messier's line. And would you, would you believe it, Rick? It didn't work. So he has to right. do it again. And then how does he start the Stanley Cup? He takes Kovalev off Messier's line again. And he just keeps doing it for four games. It's, it, well, it has know. driven me insane. I did not have a problem with that. Because first of all, Kovalev wasn't the best player in game six. He was his third, fourth best player in game six. Second of all... The, the Kovalev line with Larmer and I don't know, I'm blank, I'm blank. that and line Chinoff? was very, uh, maybe it was on Chinoff. Or Noonan. Well, Alex, play, Alex played some center, so I'm not sure. Anyway, that was that, those lines were really effective, and Messier worked really well with Anderson for most of those, series, those two series, although I still think they should have kept Gartner. Um, but, but, yeah, I don't think I – I didn't have a serious problem with him moving Kovalev off that line. Um, just like I didn't have a problem with uh, some of the other the other line things that he did and the other lineup things that he did. But, uh, yeah, he, you know, when he benched Richter <laughs> and Leach, or, and, and, you know, the funny thing is that, that Richter, you know, in game six, down 2 nothing and getting absolutely shelled. And after the second goal, he said he was afraid to look at the bench because he thought he was getting pulled. Can you imagine if he pulled him in game six? And they and they and they would have gone down the flames, and we'd never you'd be talking about you know no cups in eighty years, and uh, yeah, it, it, but that was only one of the sabotage things. <laughs> but anyway, we di- we digress. We do. Um, well, I guess let's bring it to to the modern day. What's what's Quinn been like in practice, and what has been his tone sort of um, in the return to play era of New York Rangers? Yeah, he's you know he started out really gently and, and cautiously and he ramped it up a little bit each day and now he's almost back to himself um, because you know and, and rightfully so they come back from the break and they, they have no idea what kind of game condition anybody's in where their heads are um, you know what what the heck is going on in each individual so he took it easy on them and he and he ramped it a little bit and ramped it a little bit and uh, and they're still not there um, but they practice today up in the bubble and they'll practice tomorrow in the bubble, and then Wednesday they play a really, what's really an important game, um, and then they'll take a day off and have one more practice. So he's, uh, I think he's doing it right. I'm not saying it's going to work. I'm not guaranteeing that this team's going to be ready to, you know, go from zero to a hundred on the first at twelve o'clock in the afternoon. But um, I think he's handled it well, and I think that. They've been, they have been getting better, they're, but they're not there. There's no question. I, and we don't know if any of the 24 teams are, but we know, I know that they're not yet there. Uh, with, with the Rangers, Rick, it, it's kind of been the theme throughout camp, and I, I, I'm under the impression it'll be the theme going into game one at the minimum. We're not expecting any lineup surprises here, right? No, zero. Zero. As, 
Yeah, essentially how the season ended, minus the fact that Kreider's now healthy, Heedle's now healthy, and Igor's now healthy. Right. We have the lines and the defense pairs, and and pretty much know the goalie. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> there will not be any surprises. And Lemieux is out, obviously. Two games, yes. Right. Yeah, well, maybe two. If they win game two, it'll be three. And if they win game three, it'll be four. Because <laughs> that's what coaches do. They don't, they don't change the lineup after a win, and they do change it after a loss. They lose game two, he plays game three. Simple as that. Huh. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even think about it. I thought he would go right back into the lineup no matter what. I, don't, I mean, Quinn's, Quinn's never been in the playoffs, so I don't know that he'll do that. But pretty much any other coach I've ever covered would not make a lineup change after a playoff win. That's very interesting. Um, Unless, of course, you're getting Messier back. You know. Yeah, like yeah, of course. I guess I guess since we're not getting any lineup changes, I have to ask. Um, two players I'm very curious about to see how they look in camp. Obviously, one is Philip Hedl, and very, very obviously, one of them is Capo Caco. Um, did they look any different in camp? Did they? I, I know we've talked about, um, or at least there's there a bunch of tweets, how they look better in shape, more confident, et cetera. But what was your sort of your yeah. takeaway for the two young kids? Yeah, uh, Heedle started out a little slowly, but I, I think he got better as it went on. And he he's a kid that he's one of the kids that that did get a lot of work in during the break. Um, he skated a lot and worked with a personal trainer, and he said he put on about five pounds of muscle. Um, so I thought he looked pretty good. And again, it's hard to say in some sloppy scrimmages and a lot of drills how good he looked. Uh, Kako looked very good early, um, right you know right from the jump, and. Uh, you know, everybody's speculating, myself included, that this was really good for him to clear his mind um, to get because he, you know, he went through a lot mentally and emotionally this season. He went through a lot of ups and downs and a lot of confidence issues. Um, so I think this was really good for him, and he did. He did look good in the, in the camp. Uh, the one day when uh, Buchnevich was out, or the one and a half days when Buchnevich was out, uh, he played up on that line. And he played very well. With uh, with Sabanajad and Kreider, um, but of course he's you know he's going back down when Buchnevich comes came back and uh, I think he's looked good. I, again, let's we'll see if that translates um, into when you know when you put the big boy pants on and you start getting belted around a little bit in the playoff series. I think it's going to be an interesting test for a lot of these young kids who've never been there and uh, probably, some of them have probably never seen a playoff game in person. Never mind play at one. Uh, so, so yeah, there's there's that. You know, the, uh, the one kid that caught my eye was was Gauthier, Gauthier, uh with his speed, but he didn't get a lot done. You know, he got a couple of goals in the scrimmage, but he, he he you know he's one of those kids that we know what he can do, we know what his three assets are, but is he going to do it in big games? We don't know that yet. And the one guy who popped everybody's eyes is not eligible, and that's Keandre Miller. Um, yeah, he was Rick. That was my next question. This was our first chance to really see Keandre wow. with 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 the people he'd be competing for a roster spot with next year. Yeah, I understand that this is a restart camp, so it's almost hard to take everything at face value because some guys are just at different levels of shape at this point in time. Did yeah. Keandre do enough in this camp to possibly change the narrative about where he starts the twenty twenty? 2021 season next year yes yes i think absolutely i'm not saying he's going to be on the team opening night whenever that is i'm saying he absolutely will get a good look in training camp it's not going to be automatic you're going to hartford it's not going to be automatic you know i think he did plenty 
And I think they would love, love, and I suggested that they switch his uniform with somebody else's and get him <laughs> up in Toronto because I think they would love for him to be eligible for this um, because I think he would have a shot of playing one of these games or a couple of these games. Uh, he was that good, and, and he's a, you know, he's so freaking big. He looks like he's even bigger than he was last time I saw him. And uh, But the one thing about him, too, he gets coached up when he's here or he got coached up for the first time when he was here for, you know, for a couple of weeks. And he's the kind of kid that is only going to have to be told stuff once and it's going to, and it's fixed in and it stays in. I think that he's going to be a really, uh, really smart player and a player who, who learns and gets better very, very quickly. Um, I think they're, you know, they're really excited about what they saw these last couple of weeks. I, I personally couldn't be more excited for Keandre Miller, so I do hope we see him on the team sooner than later and, and the beginning of next year. Um, and from the clips I did see, it, I was like, wow, that guy, he's, you can already see the talent. It just jumps off the screen at that point. Yeah, uh, the athleticism is amazing. It's, and the size, of it's unbelievable. Um, it just hold, holding his own in drills is uh, definitely something. Even at the NHL level, it's just an impressive feat. But I guess I there's one kid's name, or one rather prospect's name, we haven't really mentioned at this point, and that's Vitaly Kravtsov. I know there's no chance he makes the roster. I'm so aware of this. Um, but was there any moment in camp where you were like, oh, that there he goes flashing some talent? Or was there a moment, there, was there something he did that caught your eye? But I, I heard for most part, or from reading, from reading you, from reading Vince and others, that he really didn't have any spectacular moments. He was, it was like he was in training camp, which... You know, in, la- in the last training camp, mm-hmm. the real training camp, where, you know, he looks pretty good. You can see the skills. Um, sometimes you shake your head like, you know, why is he not moving his feet there? Uh, but, you, but yeah, you, you could see he can play, and you could see he's going to be a player. But, no, he didn't jump off any pages uh, in my mind. And, yeah, he's not going to – I don't think he's going to play in this tournament, I think. You know, when Lemieux comes back, they're going to have an extra forward anyway. And then on top of that, they got the Hartford guys ahead of him probably. So, uh, but, you know, I think another he's another kid that will get a look in, in the next training camp and will have a chance to earn it. But he's going to have to earn it. He's not, he's not going to get any gifts um, after what happened this year. Greg, I know we, we, we like to spend a lot of time and focus on the guys who stood out in camp in a positive light. Was there anyone in camp that left you – more concerned than others about what they could possibly do in the restart? Um, I, w- I wouldn't say that. No, I, I don't think so. Um, I'm trying to think of there. I'm trying to think if there are any examples of that, but I, I can't think of one. Um, again, they're, you know, they're, they're not, they're competing at scrimmage speed. They're not competing at NHL game speed and certainly not playoff speed. So it's hard to say that. I, would be really hard pressed to find somebody who made me go, eh, you know. I mean, aside from maybe a couple of the NHL guys, like <laughs> Daniel Regan or something. You know, I mean, and I'm not being mean to Daniel Regan. I just right. didn't see enough of it. I, you know, I only saw him three times, I think, and I certainly didn't say to say to me, hey, maybe they should think about that guy in Toronto. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm sorry, but <laughs> I can't think of any of those. Totally fine by us. Um, you mentioned you mentioned scrimmage speed. I, I kind of have a gut feeling that the Islanders Ranger 
kind of scrimmage game or exhibition game might have almost a playoff feel to it. Do you think that yeah. because they want to ramp it up, do you think that's a possibility? Yes. I think that's going to be a really hard game, I think. And especially for the Islanders. For the Islanders, first of all, the Islanders, it's game seven against the Rangers every single time they play, no matter when, right? Mm-hmm. So, but now you've got two teams that are going into a play-in series with their lives on the line. And again, like I said, going zero to 100 um, on, on Saturday. Then you have to treat this game like it's a huge game. And, you know, and, and I'm not talking about the result. But, man, if you're not ready for it to get banged up and you're not ready to skate hard and you're not ready to back-check and forecheck, you're going to get run over by the other team in this game. And I think this game is going to be really snarly and, and fun to watch. And uh, and it's going to be the full lineups. So that should be pretty cool. I think it's – I think I personally can't wait for it. Man. Same. I'm pumped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, because it's a real game. And, um, you know – I been so long since we've seen a real game but even the real games we saw weren't playoff games i think this is going to be like a playoff game rick the question everybody wants to know about before we get to the goalies uh has ryan lindgren's face healed from (laughs) everything that's a really good question because i looked the first time i saw him i said holy cow he looks like a normal human being but he's got a a nasty beard now so it's called a playoff a beard rick Okay. Yeah, a lot of guys have what I call play-in beards, and the best one's Bushnevich, by the way. I don't know if you've seen any pictures. The, the Van Gogh uh, facial hair? He's yes. Got, yeah, he's got the big, pointy one. It's really cool. It's kind yeah, of reddish. Ethan, <laughs> Ethan Hawke in training day. That's what Pavel <laughs> exactly. Bushnevich is going for right there. Exactly. So I actually made a list the other day of all the guys with the play-in beards. And, uh, but, yeah, Ryan Lindgren's uh, upper face is completely healed and his lower face is completely covered. So. <laughs> yeah, Strom doesn't have one, right? He's not. He's lacking the play-in beard? Strom does not have one, um, probably because he has a little a little baby at home. He doesn't want to scare it. <laughs> I was going to ask, hey, did you ask him? Yeah. Um, all right, that makes, <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> you know, that's the kind of thing, if you didn't have his Zoom access only, you could ask a guy. Right. And, probably, and from him, you'd probably get a great answer. But with the Zoom stuff, you know, that, that's the stuff we're going to be missing. Yeah, so I guess we'll go right into that. Is it? It's got to be weird for you, right? You've been covering this team for what's probably my actually my entire life. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it this is the first time you won't be traveling for what would be a playoff series, and you only have access on Zoom. You know, like obviously you're not like texting with the players, asking them questions. What, what's it like for you personally doing this? Very, it's very weird. It, you know, and, and it's and I understand it, and I have no desire to be up there and quarantining for 14 days and getting tested every day, you know, no desire, zero. But it's very weird trying to cover a team this way and not having that access. Now, there are a couple players that I do text with, but you can't ask them questions that you're going to use or they'll get in trouble. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I do I do text with a couple of them and a couple of front office people. and But, that you know, that's not the same as being in there and, and joking with them. And, you know, they, they, have a, they have a lot of really good, really funny guys, including my favorite, Panarin. Oh, a he's, gift. He's tremendous. What a personality. Um, but so, you know, it, it's to me, it's just a really difficult way to do our jobs. Um, and especially at the athletic, you know, we don't do the normal day to day stuff. So that's what we're getting in the Zoom chats. And, uh, you know, we're not getting any one on one time or anything even close to one, or even three on one time. We're not getting any opportunity to shoot the breeze with guys and, and just 
you know, have a normal conversation. Like, you know, every day during practice, I would talk to Georgiev every single day, Filipino, you know, and Kreider. We just talk, you know, and, and now that's gone. You know, I'm not, I don't, I won't see these guys until December maybe, and maybe not even then. So it's very, very weird for us. I understand. I mean, I'm totally uh, sympathetic to what's going on in the world. I'm not complaining. Oh, poor, poor me, because I still have the greatest job in the world. But it's just a totally new world out there for uh, in terms of trying to cover a team properly. Trust me, we well, have... good news. Good news there, Rick. You still have us, and you can talk normally with us. Yes, all the that's time. The, and that's we... the first thing I say every morning. When I get up there <laughs> We've done the show every single week through the entire pandemic, so we know what it's all about. We talk at Rangers three sixty five. Thank you. It's, a, it's remarkable. It, you know, it really is. It's, uh, it really shows me something that. Uh, that were insane. <laughs> dedicated, dedicated, dedicated seems to be the uh, the clean word that you were looking yeah. for. The yes. insane part, I think, I learned that first night in that bar. And yeah, come on, Rick. Come on, we don't we don't talk about that anymore, all right? <laughs> yeah, I, I talk about it all my the time. Said, my wife said, "My wife said, he's going on with those two guys again tonight." I said, "Yeah," <laughs> she goes, "It's amazing." It's amazing. I said, "Yeah, I know. <laughs> They're awesome." Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we we uh, we just. We slowly grow on people. That's that's how we get them. <laughs> or we never we get them to finally buckle. Yeah, it's one or the other. Um, yeah. Oh, Greg, you want to ask about goaltending at this point, which I believe I know yeah, the answer just, to. Yeah. Right. And, 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 well, it's not. Even, I don't even want to ask the who do you think is going to start game one because I think the three of us not just agree but know that it's Igor Shesterkin. Um, yeah. I just it's more along the lines of how it's it's a five game series. So it, yeah. asking the question of how short a leash can be. I mean, the answer could just be one game because game two, if you lose game one, becomes monumentally important simply because you're now one one game close to elimination. But do you, do you think the leash is specifically shorter on Igor because Hank has a track record, or do you think it's just that's that's the business of playoff hockey? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, if it wasn't Hank, if it was, you know, Steve Valakat, and no, and I hope Steve Valakat does not take this the wrong way and doesn't listen to this. Unfortunately, you know, not, he does it, listen sometimes, so I'm sorry. I know he does. I know, <laughs> no, he's a great guy, but he's you know, but he he knows. He knows. He's not Henrik Lund. He's not Henrik Lundqvist. And, and what what I mean by that is, if it's an, an average backup goalie or normal backup goalie, you know, you get you get more leash. But it is Henrik Lundqvist. It is a Hall of Famer. It is a guy with a huge track record and 120 playoff games under his belt. Um, so. So yeah, it's it's going to be short, but it's going to be short in any series when you have two decent goalies, let alone two really good goalies. Um, if it was if it was Georgiev and not Lundqvist, the leash would be short. But it's short it's short only in if Shesterkin stinks. It's not short if they lose. It's not short if they give up 55 shots and he allows four goals. It, you know, but it's short if he stinks or if he looks nervous or if he looks like it's, the moment's too big for him. Then it's short, um, and they and they won't hesitate to go with Henrik, um, nor should they. That you know they're all in on this series to win it. Um, that said, Igor is going to be around for a long time, and there's nothing better for him than to play this whole series, win or lose. Um, but they, you know, they they obviously have to weigh everything, and and the thing that weighs the most is winning the series, and that's going to be the bottom line. They're, they're going to try to win the series 
no matter what they have to do. And if if Zibanejad stuck out the place, he probably wouldn't get benched. <laughs> but if but if he stunk out the place for three games, he wouldn't play game four. Well, if he stinks out the place, three games will be done. So, right. but anyway, you know the point is there are you know we we've seen Brad Richards get scratched in playoff games. We've seen Kevin Hayes get scratched in playoff games. It happens, and uh, it certainly could happen to a goalie and will happen to some goalies in a 2014 tournament. I have to follow up on this because uh, I pay attention to the scrimmages because I'm a total loser and obsessed with the Rangers hockey at this point. <laughs> and Igor, I mean, David Quinn talked for a long time about meritocracy, earn your spot, right? But in one of the scrimmage games, Igor, from what I've been told, or at least, at least maybe you could tell me, um, let in a couple of softies or rather let up in five goals. Well, did Igor look confident in those games? Did, was it his fault? Was it the defense's fault? Like Hank, to, in my opinion, from what I know, seems to have outplayed him, and yet Igor is still the starter. So what is the message there? Yeah, well, I think, first of all, it's hard to tell in a scrimmage, right? Because mm-hmm. especially a couple of scrimmages were pretty sloppy, and they were pretty ragged and... Who knows um, who's at fault on any given goal? Also, uh, from a completely honest <laughs> assessment of my assessment, mm-hmm. um, I'm sitting down behind one goal and not allowed to move from there because there are six-foot markers where everybody has to stand. <laughs> so Got once it. I get behind the net in my spot, I'm not moving. And Shesterkin, most of the time that he was getting beat, was 200 feet away. And uh, so my eyes aren't that good. <laughs> but I don't think he stunk. I think that he was really, really good at the first scrimmage. In fact, he was remarkable. And I thought he was really strong in the last one. So uh, I'm, I'm definitely not going there as far as blaming him for poor play. Uh, the simple as this, the job was his when he left, when they left, when the season stopped. It was his. There's no question he was the number one goalie. The job was just to lose, and he did not do nearly enough to lose it, even though Henrik Lundqvist played really, really well throughout camp. And he looks great, by the way. He looks like he's he's focused, and he, and he really took this time to gather himself, and that maybe he sees, you know, the, the end of the line coming here and, and his last shot. And uh, But whatever it is, he looks terrific. But he didn't do enough to, to win it over Igor, and I don't think Igor did enough to lose it. Um, it's his job, and I, I honestly don't expect anything but what we saw from Shesterkin during the season uh, in these playoffs. I guess we'll follow up on that with Hank. Um, do you, uh, something I've been thinking about often, I mean, we know now that the cap is going to stay as is, at least for two years, um, the $81.5 million, I believe. Uh, do you think Henrik is still on the team next year at this point, and Georgiev ends up getting traded on the block, or... Or was this sort of the last Henrik Lundqvist run? Yeah. It's funny. Like, I was talking to somebody the other day involved in the league, and and he thought that the flat cap makes it more likely Henrik stays. I agree. Because they're going to have to pay Georgiev uh, to stay. And the cap savings is only, what, $3 million or something. I'm not sure about that. Uh, I honestly am not. And I think they might have to buy him out anyway because they probably want to keep Strom and D'Angelo around. There's no way they keep both and Henrik. Um, and I don't think that – I originally didn't think they could, that both would be here anyway, but now I'm thinking maybe one of them or, two, or both of them get one-year contracts and they play, they play it and let it play out again. Um, 
But that said, I think Henrik has to kind of be bought out. That, and also the other side of this is you're not getting anything for for Georgiev. You know, what are you getting? Are you going to get a second rounder maybe? Is that worth it for a kid who might be a number one goalie and might even have a chance of, of giving Shesterkin some competition in the future? I, I don't know. I, I thought for sure going into the break that Lundqvist was done. He's not going to get another chance to play for the Rangers. And I've only softened on that a little bit um, in terms of next year. I, I don't. There's no way they're going to be going into next season with three. And, but I don't see them getting enough for Georgiev to make it worthwhile. I still think the buyout is hanging there as a strong possibility. Rick, heading into the play-in series, um, a lot of the talk out of Carolina has been more about the players that may not be able to play than the players that are going to be able to play. Mm-hmm. I, we know Pesci probably not playing. We think we at this point don't think Dougie Hamilton will play either. Uh, are those injuries significant enough to make the series a little bit more even? Because again, let's be honest. I we all know the Rangers swept the regular season series, but it's not exactly like the New York Rangers broke the doors down in any of those games. They right. got great goaltending every time. Right, and they've added Vatn and, and Shea. Um which I'm not sure. And Trocek. Yeah, right. But I'm talking about, you know, the defense. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> yes. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they, they're they certainly loaded a little bit more than they were when we last saw them. But but the last time we saw them, some of those guys were out too. I think Dougie Hamilton was out. I think uh, Pesci was certainly out and a few others. And the Rangers manhandled them down there. Uh, I thought that was one of Rangers' best games of the season. So, uh, again, this this series this series is toss up, and I'm not I'm not going to go with my prediction yet because it's not I haven't printed it yet. But let's just say it it's going to be it's a toss up. And uh, Pesci's my boy, by the way, Westchester, New York boy, local and, kid. Uh, yeah. So you know he's a good kid. I, I saw him this summer a little bit, and he's a, he's a good kid. But that said, um, the injuries, if, if Hamilton's out and Pesci's out, the injuries do flatten it a little bit more, I think. Uh, do give the Rangers a, a little bit better chance. My whole thing with the Rangers, quite honestly, is this. They're really, really young and really green. And we've seen throughout the course of this year, and, and certainly this year is not last year, we've seen them have their defensive lapses, and we've seen them go for weeks, you know, seems not touching the puck, you know, getting bombarded with shots. Uh, it does happen to this team sometimes, and a lot of that is the youth, and a lot of that is having three young defensemen back there. Um, and some of it is having a lot of offensive forwards who don't really know how to play behind the behind the red line. So I think those are the issues to me more than the personnel. Um, if Certainly if Hamilton plays and if Pesci Pesci's not going to play, but if he if he did, would play, um, that helps Carolina. But I don't think it changes necessarily the outcome of the series. I guess for me at least, uh, the the factors for the Rangers winning this series is if Hedl and Kako can produce ways they haven't before. Because Panarin and, and Mika Zibanejad to me are inevitable. 
their time will come. Igor is inevitable. He will play the way we expect him to play. And if, But if you want to win, you have to get talent out of Kako and Hedl. And that, to me, that's sort of the X-Factor decision. Can the defense put something together to actually protect Igor in times of need? And can Hedl and Kako generate offense in a way that's actually palpable for the squad? Yeah. And, you know, and, and not just offense, but they have to, they have to play, you know, in, in all three zones. And, and we know that they can produce offense at times. And in the future, they're certainly going to produce offense. But they can't be blown off the rink by, by the Carolinas' third line. And Hedl was talking the other day about, uh, you know, we have to, our line has to outplay their third line. And that's, that's all true. But in games one and two, when they have the last change, they're going to face the number one line a couple of times, and they can't get their doors blown off. So you're right; they have to they have to produce offense. They're not a checking line. They're not a they're not a grinding line by any means. They have to produce offense, but they also have to have a much better clue when they don't have the puck than they've had most of the season. And um, they could be they could be a really big key for the Rangers if they do well. They could be a really huge detriment if they don't, and uh, and, and same for the fourth line. But you know, and then you talk about the first the first two lines being kind of sure things. Well, you know, I mean, I think Bushnevich has really grown as a player, leaps and bounds, and and certainly he was streaking at the end of the season, the regular season, and he's been really good in camp. But we also know that he's, his mind wanders sometimes, and you can't wander in a playoff series. So we know Zabanjad will be what he is. We know Kreider will be what he is. Uh, but Buchnevich has to continue to be engaged and to you know get dirty. And I, I think he will. I, I'm not saying that I don't think he will. I, I think he'll be really good in this series. But he has to be. Uh, he just has to be because that line doesn't go with two wheels. Couldn't agree As more. a betting man, Rick. <laughs> it's uh, as a betting man, it is near impossible to try and handicap what any of these playoffs will look like because yeah. we have no idea what any of these teams look like, and we have no idea if any of these teams are just going to be exceptionally rusty. However, I'm going to ask you to put your theoretical dollars down and pick a winner in this Rangers Kane series. See, I just told you I didn't want to do that. Yeah, he said he's, I'll do it. Okay. <laughs> hey, I, wow. I, this is what I do. I ignore you, Art, and then I ask you the question. Art of the deal, Greg. Jesus. I think you're just trying to piss me off. <laughs> That's what I'm here to do. Uh, I'm not saying I wasn't listening because the Met game just started, but I had to ask the question. I'll tell you what. Can you not put this podcast on the internet until after I run my story? When does your story come out? Oh. <laughs> tease, tease, the, tease the story. All right. Does All the right. story come out I tomorrow morning? Because I can schedule it for later. Right. I got your back. No. No, I'm only kidding. Okay. Uh, by the way, I have, a, I have a really good story about Kenny Albert tomorrow. Okay. So, uh, I think Ranger fans will really like it. Hardest working man in sports just had 142 days off. So, uh, uh, I think it's a really good story. Anyway. Fun. Uh, so, my preview will be later in the week. So, I might as well tell you now. So, if you don't want to hear it, cover your ears. Beep. But I'm, But I'm picking and I'm ducking Caroline in five. I think that's fair. Whoa. I think that's fair. I think that's kind yeah, of where I, I think, am. Yeah, I think it's a toss-up. I, I think it, it's an absolute coin toss, but I just see the Rangers being too young and inexperienced and probably will have just enough defensive lapses to lose the series. Has Again, it, Igor could feel it. 
uh, or or Lundquist could steal it. But um, that's the way I'm going right now. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Rangers win it, but that's the way I'm going. Have you gotten a text, like, even as a joke, like, ha-ha, wouldn't it be funny if we got the first overall pick, LOL? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I, mean, I didn't that's know. That's because I texted Rick. Okay, sorry. Some I, people want that. What I meant was, has any, anyone in the, the Rangers organization sent you a funny joke text like that, possibly? Uh, no. Okay. All right. <laughs> no. But, you know, I think some fans want that. Some oh, absolutely. Some fans think, well, they, they, they can't win the cup. They should get try to get the first pick. Well, No. I mean, that's not not good way for an organization to go. You, you got to try to get these kids their experience. You, it's a twelve and a half percent shot, right? It's not. It's not sixty percent, thirty percent. So, I don't think. I don't think that's the right way to look at it. I, I think when when they lose, once they lose, and after they shake hands, and that's the first thing you're thinking about, right? Is, is holy cow! Now they're in the lottery, and they got a shot at getting this kid. Um, but there's no way you compare a 12.5% chance of getting a really good player who might not be a good, really good player for three years against having all these young kids play two rounds of playoffs or three rounds of playoffs. There's no, there's no comparison. For the organization, playing those playoff games is way better for, for them for the next three years at least. I think as a fan, it's just it's such a, a duality of man situation where it's like, wow, I haven't had hockey in so long. Sports are finally back. It seems like things in the bubble are going well. I'd love to see the Rangers go deep into the Easter Cup finals and then break my heart when they lose to some team in game yeah. seven. Um, but then yeah. the other side of me is like, wow, I host a Rangers podcast 365 days a year for five years straight. Be pretty cool to have the second and the first pick for the next, I don't know, eight years of my life. Um, yeah. So it's really like I'm torn because part of me is like, I really want the Rangers to win this series. Like, I think it's, like you said, it's valuable experience. Like, you don't, those those things can change a player for a long time. They could change a person in those moments. Whereas your organization could be totally changed for a very long time if you have Kako and Lafreniere uh, just going at it for like eight years. That's there's, there's awesome. No question. There's no question. There's no question. But, but if, if Lafreniere is Kako, then when is he a star? What year is he going to be a star? You know, whereas whereas if Hedl has a really good playoff, how good is he going to be next year? Or if you know, or if uh, Adam Fox, well, Adam Fox is going to be great. <laughs> Never mind Adam yeah, Fox. you can stop there. But, but you know, if Ryan Lindgren has a really big series and plays against their top guys. How important is that? Um, and if Shesterkin, you know, wins a series, wins two series, you know, how, how much is that going to help them going forward? I just think that the winning and trying to win just outweighs it so much. Um, and, and again, it's only a 12.5% chance. So it's not like lose to Carolina and get, get Lafreniere. That, that's not happening. So, um, I, again, I, I just don't understand that mentality of wanting your team to lose to get a player. Uh, and especially since we've seen other players are better than first picks a lot. And, you know, sometimes uh, a player from – who's picked first one year is way better than the player who's picked first the next year. You know, how great was Jack Hughes this year? Uh, I'm sorry, but he wasn't. He looked like an 18-year-old kid trying to play professional hockey, and he's going to be a really good player. There's no question in my mind, but he's not Crosby and he's not McDavid. 
so you know, I, I don't think I, I to me I can't I don't think that way. I'm sorry. <laughs> just but again, I'm not a fan. I don't have that fan interest. But I just think what's best for the team is going balls to the wall, trying to win as many Stanley Cup playoff rounds as you can. Yeah, Rick, I, I'm going to ask you another question that may or may not be in your preview piece, but I'm hoping that it's not. Uh, I was going to ask the team you thought had the best chance in this play-in series, and I'm assuming it's a veteran team, and I'm almost assuming it's the Pittsburgh Penguins because they have literally everybody. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I think uh, I haven't seen is Latang 100%. Um, um, you know, I don't know off the top of my yeah. head. And the question here, too, is do you go with the goalie who's got two Stanley Cups or the kid who's better? Uh, (laughs) But, yeah, I don't disagree disagree with Pittsburgh. I think another team that's going to be dangerous, dangerous as hell, is Philadelphia because they had a really good year. And and they have a goalie for the first time since 1975. Well, I shouldn't say that. Since 1987. They have a goalie. (laughs) Thank you for the Um, correction, Rick. everyone, Everyone wants to thank you. Yeah, well, I mean, Ron Hextall did have some good years. He won a Conn Smythe, so. Okay. Um, uh, but, but, yeah, I mean, there there are teams like that who are going to make noise. I'm picking Colorado to win the Cup. But they could also go, they could go out really quick, too, um, because this is unlike anything we've ever seen. We have, like you said, we have no idea where anybody is in terms of ready to compete, you know, ready to jump on the moving train and, and and be ready to go that quickly. I think maybe the teams that don't have the play-ins could have a could have an advantage if their round robins or whatever they're calling them go well. If they play really hard in those round robins, that could be a big advantage um, because because they they don't have to go through that play-in. That's you know that's going to be like a, a an axe hanging over your neck um, playing in those best of fives, but. That said, I, I think this is really stupid this year, and all 24 have to feel that they can make noise. Uh, there's no reason why any of them can't. And uh, you know, get it on. This is going to be this is going to be a memorable, memorable playoff. If hopefully, fingers crossed, nothing stupid happens like what's going on in baseball. Yeah, baseball. Uh- it's just a little COVID with the with the Marlins, Rick. Everything will be fine. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Less players tested positive than the Mets let up runs on Sunday. So we're good. Yeah, now, yeah, now Brandon Nimmo's out there saying that you don't have to wear a mask. It does more harm than good. So everything's great in the world. Yeah, we're all good, Greg. All right, Rick. I, I just can't believe – I can't believe that, that with all the protocols, there's no enforcement. The baseball players aren't wearing masks. They're celebrating. They're hugging each other in the dugouts. They're spitting all over the place. There's, there's no distancing in the dugouts. Aren't there pro? I mean, didn't they put out rules and stuff about you can't do that? And, and is anybody supposed to enforce it besides besides the shortstop for the for the Marlins? <laughs> I mean, really? I mean, did you read that story? Holy God! The text message group. Yeah, I did see that. Oh my God! Brutal stuff. Yeah. So, it's just uh, to me, it's just amazing. I think the NHL has a much, much, much better chance of going through this with the bubble and with being in Canada and, and all the protocols. And with having guys with brains who put teams first. But baseball's a mess, man. It's a, it's a freaking mess. Yeah. 
It's, it, 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 it should be no surprise now that the Canadian government told the Toronto Blue Jays to get the fuck out. And don't come back. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We don't, there's no way that Marlins are coming up here. Uh, now, you know what would be interesting, too, is watching the two teams from Florida in the NHL playoffs because um, we know what a hot mess Florida is, and uh, that's, that's going to be interesting. Zero positive tests going into the bubble. That, that, that's yeah, that's the crazy thing. The Marlins got sick in Atlanta. They had to go get chicken wings at Magic City. Oh, <laughs> come on, Greg. A family <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I was going to let you go, Rick, but isn't it funny right now that everyone's kind of looking at the NHL for the first time and be like, wow, NHL smart league. Is that the first time that's been said in like five, six years? Yeah, yeah. That way. Model, model organization. Yeah, it's incredible, right? It's Gary Bettman's the smartest commissioner in sports. and. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. But you know, they they did they did the work. They put it in. They weren't dicking around over a freaking collective bargaining agreement. They they put their focus and their emphasis on getting this done and restarting and, and getting a playoff done and and people's health. And uh, you know, the NFL is going to be a disaster. They, <laughs> they, they may not they may not even play. They may not even play it down. And and the NBA, I mean, my goodness. That guy went from went to Atlanta. He had a day off, and he went to Atlanta. The wings are unbelievable, Philly? Rick. You don't understand. I don't think you understand. That, was that the place? Is that the place Greg was referring to? Yes, really? Magic oh, yeah. Magic City. It's it's all it's oh, only known for its wings and its wings only. It was from my understanding. Oh, my goodness, <laughs> how stupid do you have to be? Like how much of a jackass? Oh, it's it's exasperating. I think the NBA and the NHL will, will succeed in, in their tasks um, of, of playing at the playoffs. I'm hoping they will succeed in their tasks. It does seem like they have the best shot. The NFL for me, Rick, oof, that's going to be a big no. I don't think that's going to go yeah, well. I'm, no, I'm, I'm, sticking, I'm sticking to my guns with the NFL where every inclination we've gotten from that league is they just don't give a shit about the safety of their players, yeah. so they're just going to play. That's been my guns too, but I just can't yeah, do no, it. They'll, they'll play. Yeah, they'll play, but they have no chance of finishing. None. And... and... Yeah, they have none. Um, they're going to be, I don't want to say, you know, just positive test after positive test, but, you know, you need a lot of players in the NFL, too. You can't have an outbreak. Whereas in the NBA, you know, if, if they lose six guys, but they have their five starters, who cares, right? Nobody. Or even if they have four starters. If the good teams have their top three guys, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who else they have. Um, that's not the case in the NHL. Not the case in the NFL and baseball is a totally different sport. Yep. Rick, always an absolute pleasure to have you on. We've You've been very generous with your time tonight. So uh, you, when, does, when do all your articles come out this week? Why don't you tell us one more time? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay, cool. <laughs> I, uh, I, got can... the, I got a big story on Kenny Albert tomorrow. Okay. Um, and, I, and, we, and I'm certainly going to do a review, my, one of my game reviews off the exhibition Hell game Wednesday yeah. night. And I'm probably going to have my preview up uh, Thursday or Friday. We're doing, I'm doing a big conversation preview piece with Sarah Sivian. Nice. We, yeah, she's the best. And uh, so yeah, we're doing a we're doing like a conversation back and forth about the series and about the players, and uh, should be a unique and uh, definitely going to be unique with me and her um, take on on the series. Not going to be a typical matchups garbage, mm-hmm. but it's going to be. Uh, so I think that'll probably be on Friday. Are you and doing then, a Q and A on Friday? Um, that's a possibility. All right. It is a possibility. Yeah. I'm just trying to be your agent. Cool. 
I know you are, but if I knew, if I knew that for sure, I would tell you. But I don't know. So. <laughs> they <laughs> well, never. You know, well, so much, uh, so much, so much depends too. Like on these Zoom things, you know. Right, right. You know, today was supposed to be noon, and it was it was like two o'clock, and you know, you kind of held hostage. So I can't do a Zoom. I can't do a chat at noon on Friday if I don't know what time the Zoom is, or I miss the Zoom. Um, so you know, you, you you pick your you pick your battles, I guess. With Ryan being your agent and me as your financial advisor, have you taken my advice and gotten into the ponies yet? No, oh, here we go. <laughs> I, I, no, I, I like to keep my money. I like to keep it right where it is, man, right in my pocket. <laughs> like, I used to go. I used to do that. Uh, one time, let me tell you a quick story. One time, uh, a friend of mine was a, was a cop, believe it or not, um, got a huge tip from a trainer on a horse at Meadowlands. I guess those are trotters, right? Um, I think they were trotters. So we pile into the car and we fly down to the Meadowlands and we put 10 bucks a piece on this freaking horse, 10 bucks. And, and he won, of course, we had 10, we made all that trip for $10 bet. We made like $30 each. Like how <laughs> well, what are you doing just that? putting 10 bucks on the race? That's on because, you. Because I was just stupid. I was poor. I was, you know, I was young. And so I, I don't even really, I don't like to even gamble now. I'm like that's that was the stupidest thing I ever did. Well, I'm, so. I'll, all I'm saying, Rick, is Saturday is also the Whitney Day at Saratoga. Okay. Big race. All right. <laughs> Are they letting fans? Just saying. They just saying. You can do the Rangers in the afternoon and Whitney in the evening. No fans. Do they let fans? No fans. No fans. Just horses. No, horses no. If, if there were fans, I'd already be there. Uh, you wouldn't, we wouldn't be having this conversation. See, now I'm showing you how much I don't know. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Rick. They're, they're, Get me out of here. They're the big dogs. I'm here every week. (laughs) I feel feel for you, man. Thanks, buddy. All right, we're gonna go. We're gonna open the the open of this podcast where we talk about the Mets. But it's been a pleasure talking to you, Rick. You're the best. Likewise, guys. Be good. Follow Rick on Twitter. Bye bye. Okay, that's today's show. Rick Carpinello, obviously a gem. Gregory, also a gem. Mets and horse racing gem, but a gem nonetheless. I'm Brian Mead. You can follow me on Twitter at O'Ryan Mead. You can follow Greg at Blue Shirts Break. And we'll be back next week. And guess what? We will have real Ranger games to talk about. I'm, I think I'm going to cry. I really am. Until then, thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for supporting us, Patreon subscribers, whoever has supported us through everything. I have Rangers hockey to talk about again. I am pumped. And seriously, reach out to me if you ever need anything. I'm always available on Twitter.com. All right. We'll see you guys next week with real Ranger hockey to talk. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.